Today's episode of Hitting Dingers is brought to you by our friends at Parkway Poorhouse. If you're in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area and need a great spot to grab some delicious food with the family or want to grab a great patio spot and enjoy some appetizers and a cold adult beverage, well, look no further because Parkway Poorhouse is the prime spot for either occasion. Visit parkwaypoorhouse.com to plan your visit today. And folks, we have some news. Our guy Zach Brooks has taken the reins. He'll be our host going forward for this podcast along with Neil, Andy, and Corey to give their thoughts on Atlanta Braves. Zach will bring his thoughts as well. There's a ton to talk about the Atlanta Braves clinching the NL East for the third year in a row. We are very, uh, very happy. Golf clap from everybody in the audience. Uh, Very pleased. Obviously, the offense has been dominant. Ozuna and Freeman been on fire, hitting dingers left and right. No pun intended. Sorry for the dad joke, everybody. I'm sorry. But Bryce Wilson has also pitched pitched himself into redemption. Just like Harry Dunn told Lloyd Christmas, you have totally redeemed yourself. Really excited for Bryce Wilson there. We'll also discuss some injury news, postseason rotation, and we'll also have a debate regarding Alex Anthopoulos, what we've gotten, what we're getting, what he used to do, what he's doing now. The guys will discuss that in full. But, folks, we want to let you know, due to a storm that hit Chattanooga, Tennessee, we actually had to cut the episode short. It's a really, really good conversation, but you might notice some some sly editing, and I might pop in at the end for a little outro. But we want to let you know that uh, we will be having these, obviously, every single week. So make sure, make sure to subscribe, rate, and share the podcast for us. We'd really appreciate that. Also, if you're new to us, make sure and check us out at chat10sports.com. Check out our social media articles fan groups, the whole nine yards. We want you to join the community. Uh, But thank you guys very, very much. And Zach, very first episode. We're very excited for you to be here. How you doing, buddy? Doing great, man. Happy to be here. Happy to be talking about the Braves. Good good team to be talking about. Good time to be talking about. They're hot right now. I'm excited. Well, Zach, Zach, we are glad to have you because if we've established anything over the last four or five episodes, it's that we definitely need supervision. (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't know how much supervision I'm going to be able to give. I'm probably going to make it a little more, a little more loose. I'll be honest with you, Trey and Chase and I, we uh, we kind of let loose on the Titans and the Vols. So I'm not sure how much structure I'm going to be able to give, but I'll do my very best. You know, we I I was kind of talking with Trey and, and Chase about this going into the Braves tonight, and you know, clinch the NLEs for the third year in a row, and you know, the the team is just just hot right now, and just really lo- loving what we're going on, what's, what's kind of going. Um, Neil and Andy, what, what, do you, what are you guys thinking about right now? What, as far as when, once we clinched, what were your first thoughts? How did you guys react? Just tell me, tell me how, kind, of, kind of walk me through that night as, you know, I did not expect that kind of a game, you know, just 11-1 to 1, I think was the final score. What, you know, what was the – what were your reactions, I guess, to the game? I, uh, I was freaking out. I, uh, I've seen the last two – division championships in game in the game itself at the game rather uh, so it was, it was a little bittersweet not being there or not at least being near the battery um either way i celebrated with a beer i uh i hooted and hollered for a little bit and then that was it i went to bed um but it was good it the the game was a little tense at first and then kind of broke it open I was excited. Um, it was nice that Marcella and Freddie Freeman did as well as they did, just continuing on the great season that they've been having. Um, I did have my impulse buy, and I did buy a Atlanta Respect Atlanta shirt. I was super oh, those excited. Are, those are so sick. I know. I love it. It was it was a good night for sure, and it led into an even better morning. So, um, just coming off that high was great. It's kind of awkward, though, when Houston has their Respect Houston shirts. I just – I don't know how that's going to work out. <laughs> uh, nobody believes that shirt, though. <laughs> yeah, I can't speak for anybody else, but, I mean, I did my good Catholic duty. I played a, I prayed a nice rosary for Max Freed, uh, hoping that he recovers from that, that uh, ankle injury. Looks like that worked out. He's going to be fine. Um but honestly, guys, it was a little anticlimactic because you know you didn't have the the celebration in the dugout. They were you know they're kind of happy on the field, but you know you look forward to that 30, 45 minutes of just guys going crazy in the dugout with the celebration. And I, I really I didn't know I was going to miss it as much as I did. But now that that's done, I'm sitting here watching the Braves play in a rain delay and you know a rain delayed game and the rain's pouring down and I'm just like guys just stay healthy just stay healthy for the next three or four days and that's 
that's all we need right now because it's been just such a stupid season for that. Yeah, the the injuries have been you know, when when Freed went down, I was like, oh god, just because you know when we lost Soroka, that I I really felt like that it really hurt our postseason rotation. Um, and I when he went down, I was like, oh Jesus, please do not let him be out for the rest of the postseason. I just I I I, I don't know what else we would have done honestly. I don't I mean. So I, I'm thankful that he's coming back. I'm glad that they're resting him. Um, do you guys do you guys expect us to just keep going? Um, just hard, 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 hard through these next three or four days, or you think we kind of lay low? You know, if we lose, if we lose out, we lose out. We're still in the postseason, or do you think we just keep going at this pace? I mean, you kind of hope that. You, you would give some guys, you know, a day off. I know I noticed that Austin Riley's been out of the lineup, I think, the last two nights, yesterday and tonight. I mean, um, you know, I'd like to see Freddie have a night off and just kind of go around the diamond there and give our give our guys a night off here and there. But, um, but maybe you don't. Maybe you just, you know, our offense has been – nothing but straight fire for the past two to three weeks. Uh, you know, Adam, Adam Duvall, Marcel Azuna, Freddie Freeman, I mean, they're absolute, you know, I mean, I don't think Freddie Freeman's going to take a night off just because of the MVP conversation right now. Um, you know, he all but solidified it for me this past week. Um, but I, I would like to see maybe some experiments. And, I mean, you know, usually we would have the fall call-ups, but we don't really have that much time left. So maybe we don't see any, you know, Tucker Davidson or, uh, you know, Kyle Muller this year, um, you know, a last effort to – or last, you know – chance to see who might make the the roster but uh you know and that's a big question mark is what are we going to look like going in um there's only what 28 spots um or i should say they've expanded it it was going to be 26 but because of covid they they made it 28 so um you know there's a couple names we've we've added to the mix over the past few weeks you know Pablo Sandoval, is he going to be a bench bat for us um, you know what's it going to look like going into the postseason but i think that you'll you know you may see some guys get a night off, but like I said, I'd, I'd like to see a couple of new faces in there just to give them a shot. I'd love to see Christian Pache start tomorrow night just to give him another another night to see what he can produce at the plate. We know he's got defense, but, you know, let's see what he's capable of on offense when given a spot start. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I, I was kind of thinking the same thing as far as experimenting. You know, I feel like that we, we, we know what our – a-list lineup looks like, right? I mean, we know what the best of the best with this lineup can bring, but I, I, I have been kind of watching the games and seeing what, you know, the different rotations we've come up with or different lineups. Um, like you said, Austin Riley's been out. And so, you know, I, 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 I'm interested to see what our A, but I'm also interested in what our B looks like because you know someone's going to have an off night. You know someone's going to get – hopefully not seriously injured, but someone's going to tweak something. They got to sit out in one game or they're just not going to be able to be a strong, whether it be Albeit or Acuna's wrist. Is that going to, you know, come in to be a key factor um, once we're not getting any kind of days off um, in between games like they're used to. So are, that, are those injuries going to come into play? Um, so I, I do agree with you that the, I think right now would be a good time to experiment because at this point in my mind, wins we're not we're not looking for the wins right now we've we've got the wins we've you know we've captured home field advantage whatever that means you know right now um but you know i just i i I wonder what our b team looks like in my mind if 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 stuff hits the wall what what are we gonna what are we gonna fall back on if you're the marlins right now you're pissed oh you're serious you want to see you want to see that B lineup, right? Because I mean, you're trying to get into the postseason. You're trying to secure that second spot, and the Braves are sitting there rolling out the the same one through six that they've thrown out there for the last month. And I was talking to a Marlins fan on Twitter, and I was like, "There's not much we can do, guy, because we've only got three people on the bench, and we put all three of them in the game, and we beat you eleven to one." I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's not our fault that your team sucks. And but but literally there there is no B team. You've got Flowers who is going to catch maybe. I mean if if I'm God if I'm Snit I don't let him catch a single game in a three game series. But you got him. You've got 
Echeverria, who went, what, two for four yesterday? You put him in the game, he went two for four and drove in a run. And then you've got, uh, oh, who's the third? Oh, Ender Enciarte, right? Hey, there's a black hole in your lineup. I think he went 0 for four or something like that. Um, so there you go. We gave you one. We gave you one really terrible player in our lineup yesterday. So there's not a there's not a big team right now, guys. No, I I completely agree. I I usually err on the side of caution in terms of player safety. I think that I would like to see what our quote unquote B team would look like. Yeah, we don't have a B team, but uh, getting those role guys in there just a little bit, or getting the younger kids up to put in some as like a filler. Um, you don't want to risk it with injury, especially with the wet, rainy weather that's coming through Atlanta right now. Um, I just, I would err on the side of caution with all that stuff. Um, just get as ready for the playoffs as you can get. They start on Tuesday. So get ready. Rest up. Yeah, so do you feel like, do you, I mean, do you, so Neil, do you feel like that we're ready right now? So there's nothing else that you would change? Do you, I mean, do you, are you ready for us to just to enter with the team that we have right now? I mean, yes. You, okay. I mean, I, no, I mean, I, 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 see, I see that. I just, I guess I'm nerd. I know things happen. It's just how life is, especially with 2020. Things happen. It's been a crazy year. And so that's where I was coming from as far as just wanting to see if something does happen or our hopes crushed. And do we just stop watching or do we know in the back of our heads, okay, if someone goes down or if someone's having an off night, do we have those people that are on the bench that can come in and fill key roles and still be able to produce the high level of offense efficiency that we've been able to do thus far? Well, when you're – I don't know about the first round, but I know you got the 12-man taxi squad when you're out in the bubble. Um so, I mean, the depth is going to be there. I don't – this first round is going to be tricky. Hopefully, you just got to cross your fingers, in my opinion, and just hope that no one gets hurt or seriously hurt. If they need an off day, game one or two, three, whatever it is, then uh, give it to them. Let them have it. I think we can match up with any team uh, in the playoffs, and especially in that first round, especially with home field advantage. Um, so, we'll, we'll see. It's Honestly, it's a waiting game. I think, too, I mean, you know, we've got just a couple games left. Why not go to, you know, Faulty and have him do a start or a long relief or something? Because, I mean, you've got these guys that have only been at the, you know, alternate site that we haven't seen, you know, play MLB games for a while, you know, and we're going to have to utilize them in a bad position. But, you know, I would rather go in there kind of with an idea of what we're going to get having to go to them in an emergency situation rather than just kind of, you know, going on a, a wing and a prayer. But, uh, you know, if I'm Snit, I'm definitely starting Christian Pache. I may even give Drew Waters a look in late innings, um, especially against the Marlins. Um, you know, let him play seven, eight, nine, um, the seventh and eighth or ninth inning. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I would love to see Kyle Muller and Tucker Davidson uh, be considered in a relief role. Um, but I, I don't know if they're going to be in the bubble or not. I know Faulty's in the bubble. Um, they posted something yesterday about it. Um, I don't know who else is going to be included, but uh, if there's names that we haven't really seen out there, it's just kind of a, uh, you know, it's an unknown for me, especially for people like Faulty that we haven't seen in a long time and we really don't know what to expect. Yeah, I, I, Faulty makes me nervous every time he gets on the mound just because I really don't know what's going to show up. Yeah, the one question you got with the uh, with the adding people to the roster and, and and trying to get through these last couple of games is how you move people off the roster. It's it's, a, it's an option, right? You got to have an option to, to to get off the roster. Does that keep them off of our roster for ten days into the postseason? I really don't have an answer for that. I, I'm not sure how the postseason rules apply to options, um, but ordinarily, when you option someone off your roster, you can't bring them back for ten days. And so if we try to pull one of our relievers off uh, to add a Fulton Evich, that reliever is not going to be there for postseason unless those rules are different. I'll be honest, I just don't have the answer to that. But I think that might be why we haven't seen it. Well, while we're talking about pitching, what do y'all think? Bryce Wilson, I mean, just coming back from out of nowhere and just completely redeeming himself. What, what, how did y'all feel about that night? 
Oh man, that was awesome. I mean, and, and what a needed start for him. I mean, you know, for a guy who, you know, came up and had, you know, all well, all the confidence in the world and, you know, he, he was missing some spots there, just had some control issues, but I mean, all in all, I mean, he, he did a really great job. Um, and I expect to see more of him. He was actually, you know, after, after, you know, he, he got sent back down. I was kind of thinking maybe at the deadline, he would be included in a package. I heard his name floating around a little bit. Um, but after seeing what he was capable of, um, you know, I, I fully expect him to be a part of the conversation moving forward. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, just to do it in a game where we could put, where we clinch or we could potentially clinch before the game even started. Um, I just think he's, he put his big boy pants on, uh, crushed it. He really, really did. Um, he surprised me for sure. I think he definitely added himself to the conversation mix um, next season with the full five-man rotation. Um, so just he looked good. I think he'll be on a postseason roster um, just as an extra arm. But we'll see. As for the performance itself, it was fantastic. You couldn't have asked anything different from uh, or more from a kid. His confidence was probably a little lower because he hadn't playing that well, um, but he did well, and I'm really happy for him. I think the good thing too is the kid's only 22 years old. He's almost 23. I mean, to and to be where he is in his, his career is really, I think, encouraging for me. I think he's got a long career ahead of him, um, but. Too. I think we also discredit sometimes. I, had, I read somebody was like, "Well, well, it was the Marlins, but let's remember this Marlins offense has been pretty, pretty dominant. I mean, very consistent throughout the throughout the year. I mean, pitching is obviously their biggest weakness, but um, and and some defense was. But I mean, all in all, this is a much better Marlins team that, than we've seen in the past few years. Um, you know, to to throw five scoreless innings. You know, Tuesday, I think he had three hits and a walk. Uh, I mean, that's pretty, pretty good in my book. I look forward to seeing more from Bryce. Do you think that was a one game wonder? Do you think that he's kind of nailed it all down? Like what do you mean? Think the adrenaline was just pumping through or you think that's well, and the problem? Be... And the problem is, is we don't get to see him or, or, Rome or whatever. We don't get to see these guys. So, you know, they go down to the alternate side and they come back and they're either really good or they still suck. So that's mm-hmm. uh, kind of a surprise. So we haven't been able to, to track you know, where he's at, you know, maybe it's one, maybe it's one start, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see. I expect that he will continue to improve though. I think he has plenty of upside left. Well, I have a hard and fast rule about these, about these pitchers and it, it comes from being burned so many times in the last few years. Uh, I don't get excited until I see three consecutive appearances uh, as a starter. Uh, so Anderson's right at that point where I'm like, okay, I'm buying into this kid. I think he might, might be able to make adjustments from game to game, from outing to outing, and still keep people off balance. But once you pitch in a game and you get three, four, or five innings under your belt, the rest of the league has three, four, or five innings of bookwork on you, and they come out with a different approach the next game. And so I want to see what Bryce Wilson does in his next start um, before I get too excited, but you know, guys, we don't have a whole lot of options to throw out there in the postseason. So I feel like he's going to get a start. I don't think he's going to be an extra arm. I think he's going to get a start in a five game series. It's going to be, it's going to be crazy to see that. But if we're up, you know, if we're up two games in a five game series, you might roll a Bryce Wilson out there. Yeah. I'd lo- I mean, I would love to see him start. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not going to be nervous when he starts, just because, like you said, I, I mean, I, it's just been one start, so you don't know how the second one's going to go. Um, but I, I think that the performance that he gave deemed himself, like you said, I, I mean, I, I think that he needs to get a start. Um, but you, you certainly go him over a Sabatka or you know, a, in, my, in my opinion. I, no, I would agree with that. Uh, I think your option is is probably Tomlin. So do are you, do you have more com- confidence in in uh, Tomlin giving up you know three three earned runs a game after you know four innings pitched at almost every start? You can almost write that in your scorebook before you even start. Give him a three game head start with uh, Tomlin. Or do you throw you know Wilson out there and just see if he can maybe get you three or four and, and just see where where you're at? Yeah, I have a lot more confidence in Wilson in that scenario, honestly. But 
I think you're fooling yourself if you don't think Tomlin's going to get a start in this postseason. Snit loves him. What did you guys make of uh, Luke Jackson eating up the innings yesterday? <laughs> you you forgot that uh, the precedent you have to write or say before you say his name, Corey. Elite no. reliever Luke Jackson. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he there was, was there was some fool. There was some fool on Twitter yesterday saying, "Oh, we need to start Luke Jackson before we give Noah another start." I'm like, oh, my God, dude, come on, please, no. Let's relax. But here's the thing with with Luke, and I say this all the time, is we put him in positions where a start is blown after the second or third inning or somebody gets in a jam, gives up multiple walks, and, you know, it's usually when Josh Tomlin has come in and now he's got knocked around, the bases are loaded, and he trots Luke in the third inning. Like, What do you expect from that guy? I expect yeah. him to give up every every inherited he's, runner on base he's, for the score. That's what I expect. He's not a high leverage guy, and now I think the Braves are realizing that to go to Luke in the second inning or third inning, whatever it was last night, and for him to go as long as he did. I mean, he he gave up some hits and gave up some walks, but I mean, it's it's just it's awesome to see him, you know, utilize that fastball and be ahead in the count again. You know who he is. He's basically Eric O'Flaherty in the last year of his of his uh, Braves tenure, where no, just crazy times they would just go to him and say, "All right, Eric, you're in," and he'd go in and give up three runs. You're like, "Why do we keep doing this?" Because it's Eric fucking O'Flaherty. That's why. You know, I mean, he's so good, but he that was that was uh, back of the bubblegum card stuff and not reality. And I think we're at that point with Luke where. We expect him to get out of jams because that's what he did for us. But now he doesn't do that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I got to agree with you. I mean, I just I, – it's definitely a different I, – I feel differently about him than I did, um, you know, a few weeks ago, a few months ago. But I I liked what he – you know, just eating it up yesterday. I, I mean, kind of got into a jam a little bit, but then he came back, got it, you know, real quick, three up, three down. And so I think that when his confidence gets up, you know, he, he knows – how to how to just hone it in, and that's the Luke Jackson that I enjoy watching. But then, like you know, we kind of talked about some of the other pictures. You know, you just you just don't know. We don't. I, there's only a certain number of people that we put up on the mound where I'm like, okay, I don't have I don't have any concerns about what's going on right now. And Luke Jackson's not one of them. I don't know. You know, is he is he going to walk three people? Is he going to you know? I is is he going to be painting corners? You just don't know. Um, but you know, the last few weeks I've really enjoyed watching him and I feel like that he, you know, he, he knows in the back of his head what needs to happen and it's just whether or not, whether he, whether or not he can get out there and actually just commit to it. And I think that's what it really boils down to is just being able to commit to knowing what you know and going out there and performing. And so hopefully he's able to, you know, go into the postseason with that kind of attitude, just committing to what he knows and, you know, just not leaving everything on the mound. Can we talk about the elephant in the room, though? Speaking of Luke Jackson, what the hell is going on with the Braves pitcher's hair this year? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, one of two things has happened. Either they have developed some kind of hair product that gives them more uh, grip on the baseball, or the team barber opted out of 2020. One or the other has happened because it's, man, it's crazy. And Luke Jackson looks like a homeless person right now. He really does. What about what about Bryce Wilson's mullet? Oh, oh. Man, my wife was watching the game with me yesterday, and she says, "Oh, I love his curls." I'm like, "Oh God, you, you don't you don't watch baseball?" It's awesome. What about uh, what about Darren O'Day too? Oh, one more point about Luke. I was going to say with with his you know outing yesterday, I think he definitely saved himself a spot on the roster because I don't I don't see I didn't see him you know, being available on the postseason roster. Maybe it was an obvious thing, but to me, his performance has obviously taken a step back um, between last year and now. Um, he's definitely not as good as he was last year, but it seems like he's found it. It seems like we figured out, you know, how to utilize him um, a lot better. But uh, I think, yeah, yesterday definitely for me, I feel comfortable with him in relief right now if he's if he's finding, finding his stuff. But Darren O'Day is by far one of my most uh, – you know, favorite relievers right now. Um, I mean, I just love the sidearm delivery to begin with, but he's he's definitely a a, a perfect uh, a, you know secret weapon for for our bullpen. Uh, I look forward to seeing him pitch and 
have uh, have batters whiffing left and right. But uh, gotta love a sidearm. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, he's not your typical sidearm throwing ground ball getting reliever like old Peter Moylan was. He is a he's he's a different kind of sidearm, man. You just you can't pick the ball up off of him, and you you can't make good contact. But he's not your he's not your ground ball specialist for sure, which is good because he's got to pitch the three batters. So, so what do y'all think about Max starting game one too soon? You want to sit you want him to sit out a little longer, get some rest, or do you guys think he's ready? You guys worried about his ankle? I think if it's the Giants, I'm gonna throw whoever. If it's the Reds, you gotta really take a second and, uh, and look at you. Uh, I really I really hope that we end up playing the, the Marlins or the Giants again. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it ends up. I haven't looked at the playoff picture today, but last night it was. I think we were in transit, so we were supposed to play the Giants or something like that. So definitely would rather play them than the Reds. I'd even rather play the Cardinals this year. Flaherty hadn't been half the pitcher he was last year. Yeah, I agree. Um, depending on who you play in the first round. Uh, you just got to have them pick it up uh, or set it back a little bit. If it's the Giants, throw them out there. The offense probably won't be able to keep up with him. Um, whereas the Reds, who are hitting a bit of a hot streak right now, and the team, probably the number one team I wouldn't want to face in the first round, um, I would maybe put them out for game three and have someone else pitch game one. Uh, but regardless, I think his ankle is fine. It, it buckled a little bit. It gave way. But when you think about what how he did it, um, they dodged a bullet for sure. All that weight plus the momentum and the force that he generated when he was throwing, um, it wasn't as bad as they thought it was, or at least everyone thought it was. I, I know I was holding my breath for a minute. Um, but I think he'll be fine. I think my opinion obviously doesn't matter to Snit, but uh, – in the end, I think he'll pitch game one. What do you think, Andy? Man, if he doesn't pitch game one, then, uh, you know, he's he's hurt a lot worse than we think. At this point, he, he's pitched six innings uh, between – he'll have pitched six innings between the time he came off the DL after his back spasms and the first game of the playoffs. That's like 25 games. He's pitched six innings. Uh, God, I mean, yeah, I'm at the point now where I'm thinking if he's going to throw a side session, he needs to throw it in the game. He needs to, he needs to throw an inning in Boston against Boston. Uh, oh, just sure. As yeah, no, I, yeah, I totally just agree to with get that. Back out there, see what the ball's doing out of his hands because you know, after he hurt his ankle, what did he do? He gave up two two home runs. It's the first home runs he's given up all year. We mm-hmm. definitely don't want to go into game one expecting him to be Max Fried and then end up being Will Smith. Right. Right. So, uh, man, if he doesn't get an inning, uh, I'll be really concerned about what we're going to see out of him in game one. But I don't think you can afford to wait much longer. I mean, how much, how much worse could it be if he, if it's not 25, it's 28 days. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Tough no, situation. I agree. I mean, I think, I, I think it comes into, you know, kind of what you're talking about. It, it it starts to work on your mental, you know? I mean, it's you've been out for so long, and the last time you pitched, you know, you gave up the only home runs you've given up. I mean, you know he's he's, he's sitting home or, you know, sitting in the pen thinking about that. You've got, you got to. And so you want to be able to at least get an inning in where you dominate or at least, at the very least, you know, are competitive, making guys whiff to where the, when you're going into the postseason – you've overcome any kind of mental barriers but at the same time guys all of these are professional athletes and they you know are trained daily to overcome mental battles and so maybe you know maybe he's okay with 28 days and 28 days sounds like a long time to us but as someone who does this for a living maybe that's not that big of a deal to them well pitchers are creatures of habit though i worry about an extra day of rest for any any of our rotation mates so you know, again, you know, I mean, my daughter pitched softball. I know how she, how she approached it. If she got off her routine, she you could tell it from the how she warmed up. So, it's they're they're creatures of habit. So, I want to get him back in there and just see what he's got. Yeah. All right. So so kind of kind of moving down 
Um, you know, what what did you guys think about you know uh, Clevenger getting hurt? He's potentially going to be coming back sometime in October. Are we are we thankful that we dodged that bullet? Or are we still frustrated that we didn't get him for the postseason in case people do get hurt? You know, what if Max comes back and his ankle's still bummed out? He gets spasms. Are, are we nervous that we don't have a second all-star pitcher? Or are we kind of glad that we dodged a bullet because now Clevenger's hurt and may not be not coming only, back until October? Not only did we dodge a bullet by not signing somebody like that for them to only go get hurt and be out of the postseason potentially, but we also – we're able to keep our farm and keep our top arms. We were able to keep Ian Anderson and Pache and Waters. So, uh, you know, and that's the high risk thing. I mean, you know, no risk, no reward. But, I mean, when you've got a team as deep as we do and you really don't have to fix anything other than finding starters in the offseason, uh, we don't have a whole lot of boxes to check off next year besides, you know, who's going to replace Azuna or are we resigning resigning Azuna so I think we're in a a good spot but I'm certainly glad we didn't go after Clevenger for what it would have cost or uh, you know anybody else really for that matter that was that was out there I think we definitely dodged the bullet but we can piece together a rotation I feel like we've got enough good guys that you know even if they only get an inning or two we can we can piece together it's not going to be pretty but uh, with our offense, I trust our, our ability to compete with the best of them, Dodgers included. Yeah, given the nature of the injury, uh, from what I've read, um, it it seems like we did dodge a bullet with Clevenger. Um, when he got traded, he was probably feeling some sort of soreness in his elbow, but which, which ones don't, which pitchers don't at that point. Hell, you could pitch 10 games, 10, 15 games, and you'll be feeling it. But um, I, I do think we dodged a bullet, especially with his bicep tendon hurting. Um, it's something called reciprocal inhibition, where it's basic compensation for overused muscles. Um, his bicep was working overtime when his tricep, the, the muscle that helps extend your arm out when you're throwing – is going in overtime, which can lead to elbow stress. It can lead to bicep soreness. Um, and if it's bad enough, you do need a surgical fix for it. Not necessarily Tommy John surgery because we don't know the integrity of his UCL, the ligament that they fix. But uh, I mean, the, that rehab process can be long. It can be frustrating. And, I mean, yeah, medical technology allows us to have these pitchers come back pretty quickly. And – better but they're still going to be out for a minute and it definitely hurts the Dodgers or the Padres not only playoff like aspirations but in the playoffs rather um but in the future too you got to think about what they gave up for them they gave up a lot of young pieces and while Clevenger is Clevenger you just never know what the adverse effect of the the injury is going to be yeah, I mean, this is why you got to keep your receipts when you make these trades. You know, every once in a while, you got to go back to the counter and say, "Hey, this one doesn't work. I need my money back." <laughs> I mean, you know, if I if I'm San Diego, man, I'm I'm definitely calling those guys and saying, "Hey, look, can, we need to we need to look at this again, and, and and maybe 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 change some of these up to you know player to be named later and let it be you know the ball boy or something." I mean, this this is uh, it's a bad deal. But of course, if you're San Diego, you're looking at it like, uh, you know, it, it kind of sucks. But we have the arms to to backfill that. Um, we didn't have to have him. We wanted him because he was definitely an upgrade over whatever we had. But we've got the arms that we trust behind him to to uh, to be okay. So uh, San Diego's in a much better spot to handle that than we are, man. I, I'm telling you, it, Atlanta would have burned to the ground had we made that trade. Oh and god. Then, and then he come over here and be like, "Oh man, my, my bicep hurts." You like, oh. yeah, twenty twenty sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I, 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 I was frustrated because I feel like that you know, and I know we're. T- I'm not talking bad about the farm league because I think that our farm team is you know 
has some really talented individuals on there, really good athletes. But I think sometimes to a fall, I feel like the Braves kind of stay away from going after those big name guys. I mean, just like the the Holly, what I I kind of classify them as the Hollywood guys. Of just you know the the big names, everyone knows who they are, and I and I know I don't ever understand. You never really hear about the Braves going and finding a free agent and just, you know, dumping money on him. And so I was really hoping that we could get Clevenger just so I could see if the Braves were being aggressive. But it turns out that, you know, surprise, surprise, there's a lot smarter people in the front office than me and half of Braves Twitter that were wanting Clevenger. Um, and they knew what they were doing. They knew that they didn't have to have him to be successful. Um, and so I, I, I do think that, you know, we made the right call in the end um, especially now that he's hurt, because that's the last thing that we need is another pitcher being hurt. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that it, it, it was a good move. So I, I hate it for Clevenger. Um, but it, like you said, San Diego is in a much better situation than Atlanta is uh, when it, as it comes to facing that kind of adversity with another injured pitcher than we are. Um, yeah, so I, I think that, you know, we I think at the end we made the right call. Um, and I, But I also hope that we're not going to get into a situation in the postseason where we feel like that all we needed was that one more ace starter, and that would have been him. You just never know. Well, it's it's always that, you know, the unknowns or the what-ifs. The, the well, thing we, about Alex Anthopoulos is he, is he is a risk manager GM, right? So he, he evaluates everything, all the trades, all the free agency stuff. He looks at it and says, where's my risk? Am I extending my risk too far for my comfort level? And I honestly believe that he looked at this season and says, you know, I got Hamels going out. I got Soroka going down. I've got all these injuries. I've got built-in excuses for whatever happens in the postseason. I don't have to worry about that. People can come at me and all I got to do is say, look, we would have been fine had Hamels and Soroka not gotten injured. How could I have foreseen that, right? So." His risk from his personal standpoint, he looks at it and says, I don't really have to overextend myself because I feel like I'm okay. I'm okay. The Braves are okay. We're going to get to the playoffs and whatever happens, it happens. You know, Uh, who knows? Maybe we do better than we think we will, but I have this built in reason as to why we didn't do well if we don't do well. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's crazy how that works out for him every year, but it just seems to work out for him. It's weird. But at you the think same that we would have been more oh, – yeah, go ahead, Neil. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You're good. At the same time, like, he had – if if he harks back on the excuse that, yeah, I didn't have the pitching or the Hamels went down, Soroka wasn't there or whatever, he still had the opportunity to go out and get a pitcher, right? And that's going to come back to bite him in the ass, right? It has to. Um, what he did go and get was a Tommy Malone who pitched two games and gave up, like, a million runs. So, I mean, I don't think he'd be saving face at all. Yeah, uh, but th- then you look at 2019, and, and they're, they're pinning the – basically, he's pinning the whole loss on the fact that, you know, Chris Martin pulled an oblique, right? He's a reliever. He's like a one-inning guy, and he cost us the entire series because he went out. But, but that happened, and he was able to point to it and say, look, we would have probably done better had Chris Martin not gone out injured. And he's – you know what? He's probably right. But it's just convenient how that's always there for him, that safety net's always there. And it's there because he's evaluating risk and not reward. He's looking at how how it will affect us if something doesn't work rather than how it will affect us if it does. But and that I'll net- always have a problem. I will always have a problem with people looking at it and saying, uh, you know, it, it's great because it didn't, you know, look, look at how it didn't work out for this team. But their process was built in evaluating that trade or that free agent signing, their process was solid. Their process was, I need to improve. I'm going to improve. I improve. That process was solid. It just didn't work out. Rather than, I want to improve, but I don't, oh God, I don't want to go out there and, and, and risk too much. And then, oh, look, see how it worked out? You know, that process isn't good. That's hope. That's not a plan. That's hope. And I'm not a big fan of hope as a strategy. Do you think that we would have been more aggressive if Cole Hamels or someone like that had not been hurt? Do you think we would have been more aggressive? No, I don't think he was going to risk anything for a 60-game silly season. 
Yeah. Uh, and I said that from the very beginning I, when, when they said, you know, you're going to have one month after the trade deadline and, and it's going to be halfway through the season and 60 games and all that. I was like, he's going to look at that and say, yeah, I'm not, I'm not putting anything of value out there on the trade market for a 60 game season. Just not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that was a very valid argument that I kept seeing on, you know, on Twitter, on the interwebs, it was just, you know, how much risk do you want to give to a 60 game? A lot of people were thinking, you know, this is a throwaway season. I feel like they're saying that because their team probably didn't make the postseason. Um, but, you know, it, it, you do think about that. How much risk are you – or how much money are you wanting to dump into a, a shortened kind of asterisk season? Well, people consider it an asterisk season just, like, purely based on probably because their team sucks. Well, that's like, what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They probably say that because their team's not doing well. I don't think it's an actual yeah. season because they were going to win the whole damn thing. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't think that excuse uh, – like the – I don't know. I, it just – it kind of rubs me the wrong way if you would use the idea that we didn't have the starting pitching to win win everything if we do lose in the first, second, whatever round, right? When he had the opportunity to get it, and if not, he's been known to give like get these big-name players. To to pull the not necessarily pull the plug, but like I don't even know the proper metaphor for it, but like get things done, get the big name in, um, make that splash trade to make the impact. But I, I don't know. Again, it's a weird season. Like Andy's rationale makes sense. Don't get me wrong. I just I I don't agree with it. So you well, you I mean, wish that we had went and got him? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Unless it's, it's not about what I think. It's not about what I think we should have done. It's what I expected him to do, and what I expected him to do is exactly what happened. Because we fell for one of the greatest bait and switch routines of all time. We thought we were getting big balls, Alex, from Toronto, and we got this guy who went to L.A. and I guess just lost it. Just lost his his will to take a risk. I mean, I'm I want the guy that says. Looks at looks at a Jacob Degrom and says, you know, he's good, but I want to win right now, and we don't have that guy. That that hurt him. That 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 shook him to his core. When he went out to L.A. and and worked with those guys, he lost his his fire from making that kind of deal. So I just don't expect it anymore. You know, I've got a couple of thoughts on <laughs> several things you guys have mentioned, but to your immediate point, you know, who has balls to make those decisions is. Yankees GM Brian Cashman. Do you think he has any buyer's remorse for spending what they spent on Garrett Cole in the offseason for him to be a yeah. less than less than mediocre guy? I mean, is he really a guy that's worth that kind of money because he had two solid years with Houston? Is that really sustainable for the next ten years? You know, and then I think about, you know, guys like Matt Clintac from the Phillies, like how does he feel about being the guy with the big balls to walk in the and stroke the check on Harper? Like, is, is Harper really worth $330 million? So I think we've got to stray away from being the, the team that dominates the headlines and continue to be, to your point, the, the risk manager, the advanced analytics-driven team, um, because that's how you get in guys like Josh Donaldson. That's how you get guys like, you know, Mark Melanson, who nobody really uh, really knew, really heard of, and he comes in and now he's our dominant closer guy. I mean, that's how you bring in Marcelo Zuna when, you know, the hype was around Nick Castellanos, uh, you know, the hype was around Puig, the hype was around, you know, other people. But but this this front office has shown patience in how it manages our farm team, how it manages the budget, because it knows it's got to extend a Dainsby Swanson and a Freddie Freeman. You know, it locked up Ozzy and Acuna. Like, there there's, there's crit- critics that, you know, can say, we can step back and say, well, these guys don't have the balls to go make the big deals, but the guys making the big deals out there are overpaying. And now their, their, their salaries are, you know, their budgets are, there's, there's no room there, you know? So, so you've got a team like the Yankees who, you know, but, you know, for however, however they managed to do it, they pretty much lost their, almost their whole starting rotation at the first of the year. You know, what if that happens again next year? But their budget is so tight that, you know, that they're stuck buying Tommy Malone at the deadline because they don't have any room in the budget. Like, 
so I, I'm less than critical of, of Alex Anthopoulos. I love being the being the team and the headlines. I love at the trade deadline being in the conversation, and I think we'll continue to be that. But you're not going to see AA just just right out of the gate stroke the check. You're not going to see him knock on the door first or pick up the phone first. He's he's a very patient guy. He's a very numbers and analytics driven guy, and I think that's going to pay us dividends. I think that's why you're going to see you know, Alex Anthopoulos in, in that chair for the next 10 to 12 years. Um, he's, he's very, like I said, very smart. Uh, you can tell just by the way he carries himself. He, he keeps decisions, you know, locked tight. Um, you know, I think I, I trust him uh, far greater than anybody else that has been in that position in my lifetime um, as I've been a Braves fan, but, you know, and look, I, I'm, I'm always, you know, an apologist for the team. I, I back Snit, I back Kranitz, I back AA, and, you know, I'm not some bootlicker, but I think there's, there's definitely some value that he brings in being a patient GM, um, not being the guy to just throw out money. You know, we could have, we could have sold the farm and, and went and got Lance Lynn, but for what though? You know, we could, we could have, uh, you know, went and got, uh, Clevenger, but again, to your to your point, Zach, like what what good would it have done? And then we would be sitting here with a with a Clevenger that we don't really trust, that we're worried to death he's going to be put out of the postseason, and all of that investment is just you know thrown down the drain. And now you've got an you have a GM in the hot seat because he took the risk. Yeah, but I guess I'm going to play devil's advocate. At some, but at some point, and sometimes when I'm when I'm watching the Braves or if it's in the off season, I get a little frustrated because. Be, I feel like sometimes the Braves and AA or just the Braves in general, we rely too much on the analytics and the development of players. We like developing our farm team. And at some point I feel like you need to, as a team or as a front office, be like, okay, this is the year we're, we are in a win now situation. We're tired of being put out in the first round. We're going to go out. We're going to go get a DeGrom. We're going to get a Lance Lynn because that's what we need. We have the big hitters. We have, one of the best offenses in the league. I personally think it's the best offense in the league, but our rotation scares the hell out of me. And so at some point I feel like that we got to quit. We got to get out of this mindset of the analytics say to develop farm players, because that's where you save money and you can kind of form them into what you want them to be. But at some point money does talk and you got to be in this mindset of, okay, we want to win right now. This is the year that we're going to make a, a very deep postseason run, and you have to have a stacked bullpen with seasoned aces, seasoned closers, to be able to do that. And it, at some point, yes, we could, you know, one of, these, one of these years the farm teams could come in and, and win, us a, win us a ring. But at what point are we going to stop in that mindset and say, okay, we're going to go buy a ring and buy a pitcher or buy a big hitter and win now. Because we're not set up that way. We've been, we've held back and we've been patient and we've waited for this moment so that Ian Anderson can come in and show that he's going to be a long-term ace for us, you know, so, so that Kyle Wright can come and show that he's going to be a number three guy for us for the next 10 years. Like, like, I mean, it's paying off. It may not work. The first time they start, it may not work. The second time, you know, Huskar Yanoa was was just old news, the, you know, a few months ago. But now he's come back and shown, you know, he's starting to find his stuff. Like, it's just, it's the long game, in my opinion. Um, you know, did we miss the mark on Cole Hamels? Yeah. But like I said, with Marcelo Zuno, with, um, you know, a couple of these other deals that we've made, like, you know, having uh, two years of, of Adam Duvall, having two years of uh, Chris Martin, you know, it's just good deals. And more often than not, he's shown to, to know his stuff and, and he's made good decisions. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad at him for the Cole Hamels deal. I think that was a – again, that, that speaks to me as, hey, this was a good process move. It didn't work out. But we had a right. certain philosophy we were going to try to employ here. And yeah. if it had worked, it would have been great, just like Ozuna. Ozuna worked. It was a great right. philosophy that, that led us to signing him. What I think is that we're looking at, okay, Kyle Wright's going to be a number three for us. Yeah, okay, he's going to be a number three for us. But what if Lance Lynn was our number three? Would we be better off if Lance Lynn was our number three next year? Yes, I certainly believe that. 
I believe that we would have a lot more confidence if we were rolling into 2021 with Lance Lynn as our number three rather than Kyle Wright. And, but we don't, we don't operate that way. And, you know, I don't want us to go out there and sign, you know, Garrett Cole for $500 million or whatever. I don't, I don't want that because that's money that we will never be able to budget. But there are deals that we could have made for fringe starters that would be a three, four, five in any rotation in baseball that could have got us a better two, three, or four if, if we combine them and, and we're just smart about how we did it. But the fear of Kyle Wright kind of turning into a, a solid number two for a, for a contender, that's a fear, but there's nothing really telling us that that's going to happen. You know? here's, here's, and and we've, if Trump was the same way, he was like, you know, hey – this guy could be a number one, number two, but he's not pitching like that right now. He's a three, four, five. So we got to go out. We need somebody to anchor our rotation. So he went out and got the guy that he wanted. And okay, you know the the philosophy for me was sound. It just didn't work out. And but I, the problem, I, I'm okay with that. The problem is, and we've talked about this multiple times, is consider the market. And in 60 game season, up until two weeks ago, everybody thought that they were going to play. There was no market for starting pitchers, really, because everybody wanted to hoard everybody that because they thought they had a shot. And in reality, a month ago, everybody did have a shot. It was anybody's game, you know. Yeah, in, in so, this sixty-game season, I don't think that he's he's really done a bad job. And I even wrote an article about that on Chat Ten Sports this week because I was saying good, good things about Alex. So I don't want people to think that I hate the guy. I like him. I think he's great. I think he makes some really solid moves. I think he's just a little trigger shy, a little gun shy about pulling that trigger for the one piece that we're going to need, worrying about who he's given up and what they'll end up to be. And again, it goes back to that, what happens if we if this deal fails rather than what happens if it succeeds? And it's just a mindset that he developed over in Los Angeles that he didn't have in Toronto. And it's it, I kind of kind of missed that is all. I was kind of looking forward to that and we didn't get it, but... In this season, I think he's he's walked the tightrope really well this year. All right, folks, this is Trey Wynn. Thank you guys very much again for checking out the podcast. Like I said during the intro, we did have a little bit of a software issue due to a storm that knocked out the power for two of the four guys that were on the podcast. So we hope you understand. We do want to continue the debate with you on Twitter, social media. Find us everywhere. Find these guys. You can find the in the description for this podcast. Find links to everybody involved with this podcast and their profiles so you can follow them. But tell us what you think. Is, is AA the same guy that you anticipated? Or do you want your money back like Andy Sims? Let us know what you think, but also join us back for next week. Also, chat10sports.com. Find our fan group for the Atlanta Braves because we're going to start kicking up those watch parties here in the next few weeks as the postseason approaches. Very exciting time. Hope you have a great rest of your week, and thanks so much for listening, and go Braves.